When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Think you know the Brooks Ghost? Think again. Introducing the all-new, better-than-ever Ghost 16. Now with nitrogen-infused cushioning for lightweight, supreme softness that feels good every step, every street, every single day. So go ahead, take your daily joyride in the all-new nitrogen-infused Ghost 16. It'll turn your everyday miles into everyday endorphins. Let's run there. Head to brooksrunning.com to learn more. It has been too long. Welcome to KGW's Three on Three Blazers. My name is Orlando Sanchez. Jared Callie is in the building. We've got Max Barr on the ones and twos as usual. And let's not forget about Nate Hanson. What's good, everybody? It's good to see you guys on Zoom and looking forward to this conversation. How's everybody doing? Pretty good. You said I'm in the building. That's the weird thing. We're we're not in the building. We're on Zoom and this is our new shared experience now, but... uh, it's nice. I mean, it's been what a couple months since we've got yeah. together to record a podcast. And so it's nice just to get together and see you guys, but also to get to talk about something other than, you know, what we cover as, you know, in the news industry, you know, there's a lot of serious topics right now. So it's nice to be able to talk blazers, something a little more fun, something we enjoy. Yeah, man. I'm just, I'm just excited to finally see what this is going to look like for the blazers. Cause we've all known, that if they got, if they had the opportunity to play, that they would have Nurkic and Collins back, and this could potentially look like a completely different team compared to the one that put us through four months of hell at the <laughs> end of 2019 and the early part of 2020. And so I'm just excited to see what this looks like here coming up. Max, how are you feeling about basketball finally returning first time since well, March? As you guys know, I was very doubtful that the NBA should even do this. Um, having paid close attention to the not only the COVID test results, but also the product they've put out there on the floor for these scrimmages. I'm, I'm dead wrong so far. It looks great. Um, and most importantly, they've been able to keep everybody healthy. So, I mean, this is going to happen. And the NBA looks a lot better than these other sports look right now. So I'm excited. I'm still hoping for the best, but looks like we're going to get some action in a few hours. Jared, were you looking uh, forward to this happening? How did you feel about the NBA doing this in the first place? And just the point of where they're at right now, knowing that they have zero, you know, COVID has been non-existent inside the NBA bubble so far. My mind, just like Max, has been changed. Um, I didn't think, I know that when we talked about this on our last podcast, I said I didn't think it was going to happen. And and Nate made an excellent point that because of money, it would happen. And he was right. But I think that they've done this responsibly. And the bubble is seems to be the method that is what is necessary for sports to come back. And you've seen this in baseball. They did not have a good plan and things are falling apart with them. The NFL is trying to come back. They're not going to do any kind of bubble And I think that what we've seen so far with the NBA is that this is what you need to do. You need to have very strict guidelines and you need to have a bubble environment to keep people safe. And so far, knock on wood, it is, it is working. And 
I reserve the right to change my mind if things fall apart. But for now, I, I like what's happening and I'm excited for the NBA to be back. If anyone would agree with flip-flopping, it would be Nate Hansen. So, Nate, <laughs> you, money talks, as you said, man. And, and here we are. The, the season is about to start today. Your thoughts on that? Uh, I honestly didn't even hear a word of what Jared said after Nate was right. Uh, that's all I heard. It was all just stunning. after that. I know it is stunning. I'm uh, feeling generous with these two months away. <laughs> but no, the NBA has taken what appears to be appropriate measures. Of course, that could change at any point. They've also had, I would have to say, some good fortune on their side as well, because despite all the safety standards and rules you put into place. You just never know with a virus as contagious as this, but I'm excited to see some basketball tonight. I'm excited that hopefully they'll be able to finish this thing. And I'm excited. I mean, the Blazers, their first game is against Memphis. You know, it, they jump right in tomorrow with what could be one of the biggest games of this entire seeding game process. I agree 100% with that, but we got to backtrack just a little bit. Oh, come on, man. The fact that we actually got to see them play a few scrimmages. They go 0 for 3 in these, but it was a chance to see Yusuf Nurkic for the first time in 16 months. Uh, it was a chance to see Zach Collins again. Uh, just your initial thoughts on these scrimmages. I know you don't want to take too much into it, Nate, but we did get a chance to see some type of basketball, and we got to see the Portland Trailblazers play against another team. Yeah, I mean, my big takeaway was that Nurkic looked good. He looked about as good as I think you could have, as a Blazers fan, hoped for him to look during these scrimmages. Uh, it looked like he had to feel for the game still. He looked like he was very mobile and agile. And if they can get even 80% of what he was before the injury, it's going to be a huge lift for this team, for what he does for them offensively and defensively. And Zach Collins, he looked fine as well. So that's another encouraging sign for Portland. So I wouldn't put too much stock into a lot of the you know, the box score type uh, statistics that went on. But that was the main thing I was looking for is what those two guys look like. And they look pretty good to me. So that's encouraging fans for encouraging signs for Blazer fans. How about you, Jared? I see you nodding. I'm in the same boat. I mean, my excitement for this team coming back and, and their chance of getting into this plan against the Grizzlies, most likely kind of started to go up when I, when I saw the, the coverage of, of Nurkic, and Collins and, you know, coach Stotts and, and Dame and CJ and other players talking about how good they looked in these practices leading up to the scrimmages. And then once the scrimmages started, we were able to see, I mean, Nate says if we can get 80% of what Nurk was before the injury and granted, these are just scrimmages, but right now he looks hundred percent. He doesn't look any different to me than he did before the injury. And he might even look a little bit better. He looks a little bit more slim, even in better shape. Um, it doesn't look like he's missing any kind of athleticism or mobility that he had before. And just thinking about the impact that Nurk has always had on this team on the defensive end of the court, which is where the Blazers have really struggled all season. I think that having him back and having Collins, who is a rangy defender at the four, it's just such a massive, massive boost for this team. So I'm excited to see what they can do. I know that their schedule is, is brutal, but this team also at full strength is a legitimately very good team. And so I'm excited to see what they can do. It's been a lot of fun, even just to hear from the players again, once they left to the bubble, we've been able to talk to at least a player or a couple of players throughout these weeks leading up to tomorrow's game. And so all of them have all said, Yusuf Nurkic looks great. It's playing great. He looks like his old self. And 
obviously they're going to say that regardless. So you have to take it with a grain of salt, but actually seeing him play in these scrimmages, they're spot on. When, when Terry Stotts had said, this is the best I've ever seen Yusuf Nurkic look physically. And then you see him get out there. And even in this last scrimmage, the, the little pump fake dribble drive and moves around and throws it down with one hand, like the athleticism is his craftiness, the passing, like he, he makes so much of a difference out there. This Portland trailblazers team is completely different with him alone. Not even including the fact that you get back a player like Zach Collins, but with him, I feel like confidence has to go way up for the for Portland Trailblazers fans. So I ask you guys, now that you've seen Nurkic out there in scrimmage action, does this change your guys' minds or optimism on the Trailblazers making a push towards the playoffs here? I, I think it has to uh, lift spirits at least a little bit for Blazers fans. Maybe you're not convinced this team is going to do what's necessary to eventually get that eight seed and make it to the playoffs. But you compared to what they had before the season was suspended, this is certainly a much better roster than what they were putting on the floor then, even without Trevor Ariza. The addition of Nurkic and Collins totally outweighs that. So, yes, you have to be optimistic and encouraged with what you're seeing. How about you, Max? What do you think? For me, it all comes down to tomorrow. If Memphis tomorrow, Friday, then they are off and running because their schedule is super tough, as you guys have talked about for a while. So if they can get some momentum going with a win tomorrow, I think they can do it. You agree, Jared? I, I think I do. I mean, I go back and forth on this because I'm really confident about the talent of this team. And these guys that they're getting back, they've played with Dame and CJ you know, for the past few years. So the, you're also getting some continuity there. But then I look at their schedule and their schedule is just so, so difficult. And then the Pelicans who are, you know, their chief rival to get that, that nine spot and get the play in game or series against the Grizzlies, their schedule is ridiculously easy. And then even if you get into the play in game or series, then you have to beat the Grizzlies twice and even if they did that, then you're completely spent to have any chance of even competing in a first round series against the Lakers. But I'm not going to count out Damian Lillard and I'm not going to count out Yusuf Nurkic and CJ McCollum in playoff settings. We've seen what he can do. And that's one thing about what the Blazers are doing right now. They're going to be playing every single one of these games as if it's a playoff game. And there are other teams in this setting that are going to be doing that as well, but not all of the teams are going to be doing that. Some of them are already going to have seating or matchups kind of set up the way they want. And so I think that the Blazers are going to have more incentive in these games and some of the teams they are playing, which might help negate some of the difficulties of the schedule that we see. So I think that I want to be surprised if the Pelicans ended up in the nine spot, but I'm going to, for me, I'm going to pick the Blazers to, to, to get, that nine seed and get that play in series against the Grizzlies. I'm not sure where I stand on whether they can beat the Grizzlies twice in a row though. That's, that's so challenging, especially, you know, two days in a row and they don't, they don't even get a game game off between those. If you look at the schedule. Nate, you like their chances? I didn't realize we were going to jump into prediction mode so quickly. And <laughs> I was, I was honestly hoping to get a little more enthusiasm from Jared, man. He's the one who's usually the torch of that for our podcast. And he's just kind of waffling on, yeah, man, they'll get, they'll get to play Memphis two times, but I don't know if they'll beat them twice. Uh, 
in that play-in series. Uh, if I had to pick right now, I think they would get the ninth seed. Uh, and if they do, I would pick them to beat Memphis twice if the Blazers are healthy at that point. Jerry talked about the Pelican schedule. Yes, it's much easier than Portland's. But you, Jared also brought up what are the motivations for the teams inside the bobble? You know, Portland's second game is against Boston. You know, what are they going to do with Kimball Walker? Maybe he doesn't play. And therefore, that matchup's not as tough as it looks. Denver, they've had trouble just getting people available in the bubble. So you don't know what to expect from the Nuggets. The Clippers, who knows? Maybe that's a game Kawhi Leonard sits. So maybe that game's not as difficult. The 76ers, there's a huge wild card. And they finish with Brooklyn, who's completely decimated. So while it looks tough on paper, I can see circumstances where Portland in a healthier and much motivated situation is playing less motivated teams who aren't at full strength and are able to take advantage of that. And the whole Zion factor with the Pelicans, we don't exactly know his availability, what that's going to be like for New Orleans. So with all of that in mind, the Blazers just have to finish one game better than the Pelicans, or they may not even have to do that. They may just finish tied because I think goes the winning percentage at that yep, point. That's right. So they, would, they just have to stay even par with the Pelicans and with Nurkic and Collins back, despite the depth questions the Blazers have, which they definitely have, uh, I, I would give them the nod to get the nine seed. I think there's an outside chance, and I'm, I'm saying this is an outside chance, that they could catch Memphis if they win that first game against the Grizzlies because then they're two and a half games against Mem- behind Memphis with seven games to play and Memphis is closing schedule and they could run into some of the same things that Nate was talking about with the Blazers, but their closing schedule is, is brutal. And so you could see the Blazers sneak up and catch them. I don't think that that's the likely scenario, but I could also see it happening. It's not outside the realm of possibility. And that would be, can you imagine that? Then they'd get the benefit of that, those play in rules. Oh man, I, I think it sets up beautifully. I think it's going to be a lot of fun. Um, I don't think this is a, you know, we know the Blazers are done or in a couple of games in. I think this is going to come all the way down to that eighth game. Yeah. It's going to be really entertaining to see. I love this setup and this format and giving these teams at least a chance to try and catch Memphis and having to be within four games in the standings when it's all done. And I just think that the experience that the Blazers have matters. And knowing that they are going into playoff mode and there's not that tune up. It's every game's going to be a little bit different. Terry Stotts is going to have to try and mix things up a little bit. It's not, it's not the, okay, we can kind of figure stuff out as we go along. It's they have to hit the ground running. I loved how Yusuf Nurkic was basically like, all I care about is that Memphis game. That's the only thing I'm focused on. I think it was beautiful the way they haven't shied away from that. And even hearing from Terry Stotts about 10 minutes ago uh, before uh, starting this Zoom call, um, even he was saying, no, we are in playoff mode. This game matters to us. We have to go. And so I just think the urgency mixed with experience is going to matter for the Blazers. And they probably have to win six out of those eight games to, to stay within striking distance of forcing that play in. But I, I like what they, they bring to the table. And Terry Stott says that Damian Lillard is good to go. I know that he was dealing with a swollen left foot and hadn't played the last couple of scrimmages, but he's good to go. There's no restrictions on him or anyone else on the roster right now. So it's, it's full go for these Blazers. And I really like what they have. And when you have Damian Lillard, it's just such a, it's such a factor in all this because 
there, there, there are things that he does that other players cannot do. And he seems to rise to the occasion every time. So I, I like their chances of at least getting to that play in game. And in terms of continuity, I think Jared hit it right. The fact that's a big deal for the Blazers that yes, you're bringing in two new players essentially that haven't played for this particular team this season, but they've played with Dame and CJ who are the core of this team for a couple of years. So I don't think, you know, remember at the beginning of the year, continuity was a huge issue for the Blazers with all these new faces on the team back when Kent Bazemore was on the team. Uh, And I don't think you're going to see that type of continuity issues uh, here for Portland, at least not to that degree and that level. And for other teams, they have to pick up kind of where they were like Memphis. They were in a rhythm, they were grooving, but They've got to kind of pick that back up, and it's a young team. It could be difficult for them to do. One of the hot topics, guys, that I'd like to get your opinion on was, oh, the Blazers going big and having Yusuf Nurkic out there with Hassan Whiteside and having, you know, two seven-footers protect the rim, and they're going to have all this great rim protection. It's going to make up for some of the defensive deficiencies out there. Uh, We got a little sample of it, and I know they're just scrimmages, but you guys have been super passionate about how you feel about um, certain players. So I'd like to get your guys' opinion on what you guys have seen or thought about this entire time with pairing the Blazers bigs together on the court. If you're talking about uh, Nurkic and Collins, I love it. If you're talking about Nurkic and Whiteside, I don't love it as much. I mean, if you, if you put Nurkic and Whiteside together, you're putting Nurkic at power forward, which is not his natural position. We've established last year on this podcast that he's the Blazers' second best player. So why are you going to play him out of position? Put him at center. you got Collins who can play the power forward, who can stretch the floor, who can guard on the perimeter. Neither Nurkic nor Whiteside can really do that, at least, you know, guarding out on the perimeter as much. And so bring Whiteside in and let him play 20 minutes off the bench, and that's fine. And I, I don't think he's going to have an issue with it with as little time as left as is left in this season. And if he does, then Dame will put a stop to that. But your best lineup right now is definitely Dame, CJ, Mello, Collins, and Nurkic. And I'd be shocked if, Colin, if, if Stotts goes any way other than that. Uh, I'm completely with Jared. Uh, the only way that... I mean, you're going to have to use the white side Nurkic lineup from time to time just because the Blazers can't play five guys for 48 minutes. So you're going to have to go to that for a few minutes stretches at a time. And it's great that they might be able to protect the rim, but the game is moving further and further away from the rim offensively. And so there's a lot of floor and a lot of space that those two guys would have to cover. And Zach Collins provides that for you when he's paired with Nurkic. He's like Jared said, he's a rangy four. He can get out there and defend the perimeter as well as help protect the rim. And Nurkic nor Whiteside can do that. So you're going to run into an issue there with those two together. So it's going to, like, I'm okay with it out of pure necessity, but it's not, I don't think it will be this defensive monster of a lineup I think some fans may be envisioning. You think they can hold down the fourth, though? You don't, do you think that this could cost them? that this could hurt them if they have to go to that lineup? Uh, I don't think it will cost them. It will cost them if they have to go to it for like a six, seven minute stretch at a time. If they can just do three minute stretches with those two paired together, then it'll be fine. No, that's not. If the Blazers don't make it into the play-in scenario or the playoffs, it's not going to be because they paired Nurkic and Whiteside too much together. It's going to be because they only have seven reliable players on the roster right now. 
So you touch on depth, but Max, I want to get your opinion also on Whiteside and Nurkic playing together. I'm surprised if the two of them are out there for anything, but you know, a minute long or something like that. Um, I think, uh, like, like you guys have been saying, Collins is a much better, um, power forward, especially against the Grizzlies. We're going to start Jaron Jackson Jr. Position. Um, I don't think you would work at your white side having to run out to him on the three point line. And you've seen them get torched again. I know they're scrimmages, but defending the three pointer has been an issue. And when you get bigger like that, it's a lot harder to run guys off the line. So that would be a concern of mine is one, they've got to be able to shoot the three, but to defend the three as well. And as you mentioned, Nate, the game getting pushed out further and further, like that's going to matter in this eight game playoff mode that they're in. So they've got to be able to defend the three. And that's probably one of my biggest concerns with this team is I think they're going to be able to get buckets, but trying to not uh, trying to stop the three pointer, trying to hit the three pointer. I think that stuff is going to matter. Yeah, I, I, I'm glad you brought back the they have they how poorly they defended the three this year because in the four months uh, since they've played a real game that had kind of been washed away in my mind and then it just brought back terrible memories. I think it was their second to last game before uh, they suspended the season when they played the Kings and the Kings rained like 25 threes in on them on the night and just blew them out. I was at that game. It was a sad game. And you're right with a white side Nurkic lineup, you're completely limited in terms of defending the three point line. It's not like Dame and CJ, you know, themselves are gonna, you know, limit guys from being able to knock down three pointers on the outside. It felt like, okay. Or Carmelo. Yeah. Yeah. And it felt like, OKC was like, Oh yes, let's, let's do this. Let's, let's fire up some threes. Like this is what we're getting. So, Jared, I, I ask you, um, what are some of your concerns about the Portland Trailblazers going into this thing? Um, I mean, that, and I'm sure you guys covered it well here, but the being able to defend the three-point line, I almost think like they have to have Nurkic and Collins out on the court as, as often as possible to make up for the deficiencies on defense when you're playing, you know, Dame, CJ, and Melo as much as you are. And I don't think that's going to be fixed this season. I think that they are going to give up a lot of three-pointers. I think that is a concern. I think they're going to have trouble defending the perimeter. I think that Mello, you know, skinny Mello, that's great. And I think he's going to have some good moments on offense, but he's going to have a real hard time defending the three. And it's not like anyone else on the roster would do that much better. So I think that he is the right choice to, to start there uh, at that position. but. Um, that that's a big weakness being able to defend the three. They have a lot of teams on their schedule where they're going to be playing elite small forwards. You're going to run into that into the playoffs as well. And I think that's going to be their, their biggest problem is defending the perimeter and defending the small forward position. So guys, how do you think this Memphis game, the first one of eight out there, what do you think? How do you think this game against Memphis plays out? I think the Blazers win. Uh, I think that, as Jared talked about, I think we're going to see like playoff level Damian Lillard here to start off. And it's good to hear Stott say today that there will be no, no, he's not concerned about Lillard's foot entry that kept him out of those last two scrimmages. Cause you just, you never know with a restart like this, uh, how, you know, what can go wrong for players in terms of injuries, but if the Blazers, and this has been a big if this year, if they can make it through the game healthy, I think you're going to see playoff game. I think CJ's, 
looked really good here so far in the few scrimmages. And with Nurk back, I think he's going to be motivated to prove something in a real game. And the Blazers, as you said, they're an experienced team. And I think that will help in a situation as abnormal as this, whereas Memphis, super talented young players, but they're young and don't have a ton of experience. So I think, I think making their way through this odd situation, I'd go with experience. I think teams relying so heavily on like the, the Grizzlies and even, you know, they're not, they're not going to play them, but they're, they're competing with them. The Pelicans that do rely heavily on these very young players, not having any kind of home court advantage is going to be a disadvantage for those teams. And so I think that's one area also where the Blazers experience comes into play is home court doesn't matter. I mean, you're not going to have like an excited home crowd that could bump, you know, boost the Memphis Grizzlies or something. It's just going to be the Blazers against the Grizzlies talent against talent. And I think the Blazers as presently constituted are a more talented team than the Grizzlies. And I think if you think back to game one against the thunder last season in the playoffs and the Blazers were wanting to come in and make a statement and they did. I mean, Dame came out and hit, these, you know, 35, 40 footers, several of them to start the game. CJ was going off. I think you're going to see something similar with the Blazers is they're at their best when people count them out. And right now, except for the four of us, apparently on this podcast, nobody's really giving them much of a shot to make the playoffs. If you look at all the pundits, they're not believing in this Blazers team and this Blazers team loves it when that happens. And so I think that they're going to come out. They want to make a statement. They want to prove that they're going to come out and, and, and that this is a different team than it was before this all stopped. Um, and so I think they're going to beat the Grizzlies and I think it's going to be an impressive performance. How about you, Max? Uh, you guys made some great points about the experience and the home court advantage being a non-factor. Um, I'm with you. I would pick the Blazers to win this game. And I, and I know the uh, bookmakers are giving them a little bit of love. A week ago, the odds for the Blazers to win the title were 100 to 1. Today, it's 75 to 1. And that's Nurkic, and that's all. That's the team getting healthier, and that's the experience. It doesn't make it a good bet necessarily, but that's how the bookmakers are looking at it. I love it. Um, this is a, a Homer podcast, is what it's turned into on this. So I, I also think the Blazers are going to win this first game. My next question for you guys now is who takes the eighth seed? Who's going to get this thing? You have about a handful of teams who could all emerge and and, and get it and, and move into the playoffs. Also, if you listen to Charles Barkley, he's a fan of Portland. Uh, I'm going to say Memphis, despite picking Portland to beat them uh, here in this first matchup. I think Memphis is going to uh, end up being the eighth seed. Uh, just that they don't have to make up any ground during these seeding games. They can kind of do what they will with whatever their strategy is to get ramped up and be ready for that play in scenario. And so whether it's against Portland or new Orleans, I would take Memphis having to win one game over those two teams having to win two. I would get Portland in that situation. I would get Portland a better shot than new Orleans, but I, despite the schedule, uh, what I brought up with the schedule earlier, it is certainly in favor of New Orleans. So I have a hard time seeing Portland being that ninth seed. So you have Portland not even getting into the playing game? Well, right now I would pick them not to get into the playing game, correct? Okay. I'm gonna I'm gonna pick them to get there. I think that there are some question marks with with the Pelicans and I think that the Blazers are 
just set up the way everything's falling into place to, to have a nice run here. But I think once they get to that playing series, I think it's just too tough to beat the Grizzlies two games in a row. Um, and so I'm going to pick the Grizzlies to win that and get the eight seed. Numbers wise, logically Memphis is the safe pick. Um, but I, I really like what, what Portland brings to the table in a playoff format in a playoff scenario with Damian Lillard. I think that the Blazers will steal the eighth seed. Yeah. Memphis is the safe pick. Um, and new Orleans has such an easy schedule, which makes it so tough for me to pick the Blazers to get there. I think it's Memphis at this point. I love it. And on that note, Max, it is your time to shine, my friend. Yes, we have a, uh, we have a mini rip it that we are doing. Three questions. Your favorite game is back. These are all about tomorrow's game, Portland against Memphis. So what do you guys think? First question, who's going to get the most rebounds in the game? Yusuf Nurkic or the Grizzlies' Jonas Valanciunas? Uh, I'm going to go with Valanciunas on that one. I'll go with Nurkic. I'm going against Nate. Oh, <laughs> no. <laughs> Already. It is officially back. We are officially yeah, baby. Back. That means I'm good. But you know what that means? I want so many in the regular season. Orlando going against me is just going to give me one point alone there. When Valanciunas gets Hopefully, this really long break has cooled you off, man. <laughs> All right. Next question, guys. Over under. 20 and a half minutes in the game for Hassan Whiteside. 20 go, and a half. I'll go under. I'm, I'm going right. to go over just because, I mean, minutes have to be played by someone. And so I'm going to go over for Whiteside on that. Over Zach Collins. Yeah, this really comes down trouble. if you think they're going to be out there uh, at the same time. Oh, interesting. I didn't think that's about a good that. call, Orlando. All right. Shin. These all kind of tie back to the conversations we've had throughout this podcast. So I like it. Who's going to score the most points in the game, Damian Lillard or the field? Anybody else? <laughs> That's good. <laughs> Give me Dame, baby. Whoa. Orlando's taking Risk Dame, that. too. He's touching his watch. Uh, I'm, I think Dame's going to try and get his teammates involved. So I'm going to pick the field. Love it. Who, who, I just, this isn't part of Rickles. I just want to know, Jared, who, who's going to be the person to unseat Dane here? Give me CJ. Okay. Give me playoff CJ. All right. Well, that is a little mini rip it. Hope, hopefully we get to do this again at some point. I hope so. We're, we're hopeful that we'll be able to record some more of these as these games go. And if the Blazers make it in the playoffs, of course, um, it's just awesome to be back with you guys and be able to talk Blazers. And uh, yeah, I'm, I'm super excited for the, the NBA to start up again. All right. It's, it's that time, that time to call it. It was great catching up with you guys. Fun podcast. Everybody, please subscribe. Give us those ratings. Makes it easier to find us. Helps us out big time. Please do so. Follow us on Twitter as well. We'll be following along and reporting on this as we go, especially during these press conferences and things. We'll have all of that taken care of for you, both on TV and online at KGW.com. Guys, it's been real. Let's do this again soon. 